0: Well lad, how are you? How are you getting on? Good now, more sport this morning, is it? There's a fair (laughs) bit of sport, yeah, that's the common theme (laughs) on this Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally
1: OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app
0: Off the ball, daily now you're very welcome back. The snooker world championship started on Saturday. They are off to a lively start on a few different fronts. Very happy to welcome back to the show Shabnan jonas Jewel of BBC. She hosts the uh, Framed podcast, which sounds like a good true crime title, but it's very much snooker. Shabnan, great to have you back in the show. Hello.
1: Hello there.
0: Uh, We'll get on to what is just a good old fashioned beef involving Ronnie O'Sullivan. But uh, last night, uh, images uh, shown around the world, I would think we had Animal Rising at Aintree on Saturday and now we had Stop Oil at the Crucible. So for anyone who didn't see what happened, you might just describe it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Two protesters uh, managed to get to the tables yesterday. Last night, it was about 7.20 just after play had started in the evening at the crucible. And uh, the male protester managed to jump onto the table, pulled out a packet of what looked like orange powder at the time and just managed to spill it all over the table. Uh, There's pictures around. He's in a cloud of orange smoke, a female on the other side. There's a two table set up at the moment. Um, she tried to do what looks like the same thing, but the referee managed to hold her back. Uh, they were both taken out and um, a man and a woman have been arrested. Uh, play had to be stopped for about 40 minutes. And unfortunately, one of the the tables uh, featuring Robert Milkins and Joel Perry couldn't go ahead. The match couldn't go ahead because it was going to take too long to, to get the table back in the condition needed. It needed completely reclothing afterwards, recovering uh, the other match between Mark Allen and Fan Zheng did go ahead. Mark Allen won that match. Uh, and afterwards, um, he talked to us a little bit about what it was like to be out there. He was he was, a, he was a little bit in shock at first because he didn't know what was going on. But he said once he got back inside and, and calmed down a little bit, he was actually fine to go out and play. But the two players who'd been at the table that was damaged um, didn't feel like they could come out and play. So the decision was taken to... Not con- you know just not have that match continue last night? Uh, yeah, it was just a, a real bizarre, real surreal evening for everybody involved, everybody here at the Crucible.
0: Yeah, the group are just stop oil, so they are the same crowd who threw soup on a Van Gogh at the National Gallery, they blocked the M25, they tied themselves to goalposts at a Premier League game. Uh, they by the way, it's not just a general climate change issue, their specific point is they want to halt. Uh, new licences for the exploration of oil in the UK. Apparently 100 new oil and gas projects will be licensed in 2025. So that is very much uh, what they're trying to draw attention to. And I suppose uh, much like the animal rights group at the weekend, they've managed to do it. I mean, it's everywhere. Sport is a very attractive vehicle for eyeballs and therefore it will be a target.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They claim responsibility for it straight afterwards. And I don't think they targeted snooker as such as a sport that they're accusing of anything. It was just the fact that the World Championship is being watched right now by so many people that they knew it'd be a a great place to to make their point really and just to get seen it's watched by millions of people around the world it's one of the biggest sporting events on right now so i think that was the reason for it and well they managed to, to do that really because it's been on every single newspaper i think on the back pages front pages this morning and that image is just so you know so vivid uh that it will stick in people's minds and um and people are talking about it i suppose which is what they wanted
0: yeah I mean, I wouldn't celebrate their artistic uh, sensibilities too much, given their destruction of the Van Gogh. But the choice of orange powder uh, was uh, very nice. It it is a a vivid (laughs) image, you know, which does stick in the mind. So uh, job done. I heard Barry Hearn this morning. He was livid, as you might expect. And uh, I would think we'll see a beefing up of uh, security. To talk about the competition at large, the headline coming in I suppose, is that Ronnie O'Sullivan is going for his record-breaking, what would be a record-breaking eighth world title. He is hoping to break Stephen Hendry's uh, record. He has Hossein Vafaei in the second round on Friday. This is great. We'll play some audio in a moment, uh, Shabnam. This is a good old-fashioned beef that we don't have in sport too often.
1: Yeah, it's one that everybody is looking forward to, actually, this match when they go head-to-head. It surprised people a little bit, the fact that there is such a beef between these two players, but all has been revealed now when we spoke to Hussain Vafai after he won his first-round match and found out that he was going to play Ronnie O'Sullivan. And it goes back to last year. They played against each other in a qualifying match uh, for the German Masters, and apparently uh, when Vafai beat O'Sullivan, Phi felt that he was disrespected in that match by O'Sullivan, that he was knocking balls about a little bit. And after that, um, he feels like he's not his hero anymore. He used to be. Uh, O'Sullivan recently heard some of the comments that Ofayi made, which included a suggestion that uh, O'Sullivan should retire, actually, that he isn't good for the game anymore. And O'Sullivan said something like, uh, he shouldn't rattle my cage, uh, something like that. And uh, since then, Vafai has, uh, has has come out with lots more comments about O'Sullivan. Uh, one of the most prominent was that he's a nice person in his sleep. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> do you know, <laughs> so, yeah. we, we have the audio because sometimes innocuous comments look worse in headlines. But actually, when you listen to Vafai, as we'll do here, this is him speaking after he won his first round match against Ding Zhonghui in very impressive fashion. He's he's 28 years of age, he's world number 23, Vafai. But as you'll hear here, this isn't a guy saying a line or two which are then subsequently blown up in, into something bigger than they might have meant, in, intended. This is a full-on, Ronnie O'Sullivan, I really don't like you. We'll have a listen.
2: I think Ronnie O'Sullivan is such a legend. He's such a good player when he's on the table. And I think he's such a nice person when he's sleeping, you know. just <laughs> He's just such a nice person when he's asleep, so... Yeah, it's just such a. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, just it's gonna be a great match for the people. I think every sport needs to have some people like us and show some show something at least. You know. So totally. you're looking forward to the match. Yeah, of course, of <laughs> course. I'm I'm looking for him. You know, just just playing, and I don't. I said that before. Uh, I don't have anything to lose. If he come up and beat me, for example, 13 nil or something like that, I'm a still, it's the start of my career, so I don't have anything to lose. At least I don't fear of him, so. Very good.
1: Well, we don't know how much practice Ronnie's doing at the moment because he wasn't very well. He said he was going to go and sit on his sofa and get better. Yeah,
2: he always, he finds find excuse for himself, you know what <laughs> I mean? Just, he's always been like that 30 years. I've uh, been, i am been, like all right, my Oh, I mean. <laughs> this is going to be
1: tasty, completely I can't wait. Hello,
0: so there we go. Uh, Hussein um, like, well, you... Uh That is pretty out there, Shabnam. That is calling Ronnie out in a big way. I'd, I'd be careful if I was him, to be honest.
1: Yeah, someone said that he's poking the bear. So uh, uh, I think we better get our popcorn ready. I think that's what people are going to be doing because we just can't wait to see what's going to happen when these two actually meet. Will there be a handshake? Will they play the game in the way that it's meant to be played? You know, will there be niggle? It's it's just really exciting, really. I think it's got all of us quite excited about it, to be honest, and beyond. And it was the big story before the uh, the protesters um, came and uh, did what they did last night. So, um, yeah, but that's on Friday and uh, something that everybody is, is very much looking forward to, I think. We all love a good beef, don't we, in sport?
0: Yeah, especially when it's one on one. So that's Friday, two o'clock, best to 25 frames. And when Vefai says that he felt disrespected by O'Sullivan in Germany and that he felt O'Sullivan was just knocking balls around, did he have the kernel of a point there? Was he being a touch uh, paranoid, truth somewhere in between?
1: I think, you know, obviously, if he felt like that, he felt like that. He was out there. He was playing the game. And other players have have said similar things about O'Sullivan at times. Mark Selby has said a very similar thing about O'Sullivan. There are times when, you know, he's a little bit frustrated, or he just wants to to get on with things. And he lost that match to Fafay at that point, so maybe he was a little bit frustrated and 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 doing that and wanting to just sort of get out of there. Uh, but again, yeah, it's it's down to the players. If if they claim they feel like that, then I suppose you've you've got to believe them.
0: Ronnie O'Sullivan, naturally enough, was asked for his response to Hossein Vafai. Here's what Ronnie had to say.
2: Hussein Vafai, the man that said I was... What did he say about it? I can't remember. I think he said you should retire or something oh, retire, like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he, has he been saying much this year? Has no, he, is he, is he, he quiet? <laughs> no, he,
0: uh, I
2: think he's learnt to be quiet. Uh, <clears throat> don't rattle my cage. <laughs> Does that mean that <laughs> if it is you... I'm just having fun. I'm just so Listen, like, you know... I love it when they call me out. I love it when they give me stick. I just love it. It's you know, it just sort of turns me on. So I just get, I get off on it. You know, I need something to fire me up. So I'm hoping someone says something. I hope I get better. Uh, I can just sort of um, have a reason to to perform, I
0: suppose. The Michael Jordan effect, basically. But they're not going to say it now, are
2: they? I think they've probably just realise it's not a good tactic to play. So we'll see. But we'll have some fun.
0: So that's O'Sullivan. Shabnam. Would you have an insight into general attitudes towards O'Sullivan on the tour? Because there's obviously Vify here and I was listening to Sean Murphy was on Irish radio talking about a whole range of issues uh, during uh, last summer, I think it was now. And O'Sullivan, as he invariably does with any snooker player, uh, was brought up and he was withering of O'Sullivan and was highly critical of the way O'Sullivan talks down the sport in Murphy's view and talks down other players. And, and you, I mean, the contempt was thinly veiled, to say the least. And uh, that was just, you know, one example of, of Sean Murphy. Uh, what's your general sense of other players when it comes to O'Sullivan at this stage?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for, for any of them, but as you say, you know, there are those that have come out and uh, made it quite clear how they feel about it. And Sean Murphy is is one of those. There are some out there, especially some of the younger players, who are just so in awe of him. And I think generally people are are very much, you know, him because he is a genius on the table, but off the table, he can be very controversial. And he, you know, he says what he thinks as well, quite a lot of the time, and can be very critical. He has been over the years. He's had a number of fines and and slaps on the wrist for things like that. But the recent uh, comments that he made about the state of the game in general were very, very strong comments because he criticized organizers, he criticized people. Who are in charge of the game? He said there wasn't enough prize money. You know, there was lots of things said. He said that p- players were being silenced, uh, even though he hasn't actually been to to any of those those meetings himself. And and that's the point that Sean Murphy was making because Sean Murphy is is I think he's a, sort of a, an appointed ambassador of the game. He all all he wants to do is is spread positivity about snooker. And I think it really really gets to him that there's somebody who is you know. At the he's the face of the game really um, and has been for so long because he's such a superstar and uh, Murphy just gets really frustrated that he doesn't want to promote the game in a positive way in general. You know, I, I think players are allowed to say what they feel because it's their experience. So, and there's plenty out there who do and there's some that don't and there's mm-hmm. some that come to the meetings and others that don't, I think yeah I think there's a mix of opinions yeah. out there about it
0: Ronnie's comments that you reference on the eve of the tournament in effect as you say he was critical of the money involved he was basically saying you know, to paraphrase it's rubbish I look at the money for golf tournaments for tennis tournaments and we're turning up week in week out for checks of 70-80k and he said players are too quick to turn up that they should actually demand more and, and, and in effect they're happy to take uh, crumbs so you mentioned that Ronnie doesn't turn up for a lot of these events and he's he's not obliged to clearly
1: no um, he's not he can okay. he can you know he can because of the position that he's in he's the world number one and so he can pick and choose can't he the, the tournaments that he wants to come in and there's certain you know things that he has to do and if he doesn't do them certain places he has to turn up for certain media commitments and if he doesn't Fulfill them, then he'll, you know, he'll be fine. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in, in general, you know, for him, it's, it's very different. There's such different, you know, positions in this game, such different levels. And when you're at the bottom, it's very, very different to when you're at the top.
0: He is on the point of doing something extraordinary. This is his 31st appearance at the tournament. He's 47 years of age now. So he's breaking Steve Davis's tally of 30 appearances at this tournament. And as I mentioned, he's level with Hendry on seven world titles. This is his chance to take number eight. Uh Perhaps the answer to this changes from one O'Sullivan interview to another, Shabnam. How important is it for him to get to number eight, to beat Hendry's record, to, to set it almost in 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 factual stone that he is uh, the GOAT, as opposed to people who, uh, and they've been saying it for a number of years, whether he beats it or not, he is the best of all mm-hmm. time. But but this, I suppose, would settle the argument. Is that important to him? What does he say about that milestone?
1: Uh, sorry, would you just repeat the last bit of that question? Yeah, again? is I that, that just...
0: is that important to O'Sullivan? What does he say about reaching that milestone?
1: I think it is important to him because, you know, he talks about people like Tiger Woods and Roger Federer all the time, who are the GOATs of their game. And I think he believes that he's in that category as well. And, you know, the only way he's going to be remembered as that forever is if he is the outright record holder at this tournament, the World Championship. And despite saying he doesn't care about this, he doesn't care about that and and acting, you know, quite aloof about this sort of thing, he has admitted that he does that often because it's a way to cope with the pressure. Hmm of, you know, of of what he does. But I think we saw last year when he equaled uh, Stephen Hendry's record of seven titles that he showed quite a lot of emotion and he's never really done that often in his career, but he did. And that, I think, shows just how much it meant to him. So I think winning an eighth one would definitely mean a lot to him.
0: Mm. What's his form like coming into this tournament? And is it one of the uh, younger types that's more likely to beat him or, or, or one of the more established players?
1: Yeah, he hasn't won a ranking event this year, actually. He's right. won two invitational events, uh, but, you know, he's still winning things. He's still the number one. Um, he's the defending champion. And I think any tournament he enters, he's always named as one of the favourites, if not the favourite. And this tournament, I think generally, you have to, you can't really look past a seed uh, for winning it because the last time a qualifier won it was Sean Murphy back in 2005, and only two have done it in the modern era. So, it's hard to look past those top established players, I think, who are going to challenge him. And it's just, it's going to be, you know, your John Higgins, your Mark Selby's, your Sean Murphy's. Um, I mean, you could have Mark Allen in the mix mm. because he's had such an amazing season. He's been player of the season, winning those three ranking tournaments. as the best he's ever done in this game. And he's coming into it more confident than ever. However, he doesn't have a great record here at the Crucible. He's never been past the, the semi finals, and that was only once. So, you're going to say somebody new who could, who could challenge him and get their name on the trophy, it could be Mark Allen. But it's very difficult, I think, to say, I wouldn't put my money on a, on a qualifier doing it. It'd have mm. to be one of those big established players.
0: And to your eye, Shabnan, is O'Sullivan as good as ever? Is he maybe a touch on the wane, but such is the gap with him and the others that he's, he's still the favourite? Is it a case if he plays his best, nobody can touch him? Like, give, give us a sense, really, of his, his standard, where it is in 2023 versus the rest.
1: It's actually amazing, but I think he's in as good form as, as he's ever been. Okay. I mean, I think he can be. like It's like you say, it, when he comes and he's in the right frame of mind and he plays you know, the way he can, he's such a natural talent that he can be unplayable and nobody can beat him. Mm. But he's not unbeatable and it just depends on the day. He's still a human being and he's affected by many things. It just depends on, we often say it, it's what Ronnie turns up on the day.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you think he's in a good place mentally?
1: Yeah, I think he is. He said he's in such a good routine in his life. I think he he sort of just goes gets up, walks the dogs, goes to the gym, eats well as he always does. Priority is his health. Um so yeah, I think he's he's in a great place in life in general because if he stays in that routine, mm. it's it's good for him. He seemed very relaxed actually when we've seen him here. He seemed quite relaxed in his first round match uh, and on the media day before before he started the tournament and I think he's always very dangerous when he looks relaxed.
0: Um, There are parallels with Vafai, the youngster, uh, sticking it up to the established. O'Sullivan, just doing a bit of reading ahead of talking to you. I was reminded of Ronnie's comments in 2002. So we're going back a bit. Semi-final against Stephen Hendry. Uh, This is apropos of nothing, by the way, but I just think it's funny. Mm -hmm. So what Ronnie O'Sullivan said of this match uh, against Hendry was, I'm going to send him home to his sad little life back in Scotland. I'm going to give him a good old dusting. <laughs> uh, which, his words, does he? No, and he didn't actually. He lost. So there you go. <laughs> um, one other quick point: the backdrop to the tournament at the moment, there is this match-fixing investigation in the background. Ten Chinese players currently suspended. Was I reading, Shabnam? The investigation, the independent investigation into this situation, this is going to be launched. Uh, somewhere over the next couple of days, midway through this tournament. It will take about a, a month. That's where we are on that front.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm afraid that's all I know as well. It starts on the 24th of this month and uh, it will it will start and it will continue. And we're not oh, actually yeah, going to yeah, hear anything okay. um, until I think, I think it'll be a couple of months before we hear anything. So yeah, I think at the moment, everybody's just sort of concentrating on this tournament. That will be happening, of course, in the background but it's all about this tournament we're not going to hear anything or there'll be nothing to report for for a few months until it's it's actually all all done
0: okay well we are out of time ourselves shabnam jonas jule of the bbc thanks so much for your time enjoy the tournament shabnam
1: thank you